0: hey what's up you guys this is mike welcome to my channel so this episode we're going to have a podcast between me and alex Sorrento. it's not really a podcast it's like an interview and alex is super interesting because he took a property and just kind of sat on it and a few years later he's got a hundred thousand dollars and he's going to explain to you how he did that uh we're going to talk about some other things i just want to say that I, i tried a new way of recording the podcast I tried to do a, um, I used this this software called Tapacall, and uh, it didn't work. Uh, it's going to be usable, but it's not the quality that I want. Uh, we're just going to go back to Zoom. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you want to learn more about it, go ahead and stick around, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye. And we're going to go on to how – did, how did you develop? How did you develop as uh, as a person or as a real estate investor? up to you, however you prepare the question.
1: Um how do you how do how do i develop um just like anything else i'm 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 a person that there's very few things that I like to repeat so i i don't like repetition I always like to find something or learn something new
0: mm-hmm. so
1: even at my job like even if I'm doing a similar task, I'll intentionally try to do it differently and tweak with it every time just because I want to see maybe there is a better way or maybe I like a different way, but if I don't try it, I'll never know. So my my mentality, my mindset is always if you don't try, you'll never know, and I would hate to regret and look back and say what if I would have tried something different versus, hey, I tried it, and not work out, it's not my cup of tea, or I failed, but I learned that that's one of the ways that now I can say that I don't like doing it or it doesn't work. So my 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 that's how that's how I develop. And then once I find something that I do like, like a topic or like in this case real estate investing, I basically grind at it. I basically practice it and and try to look at it from every angle possible. Until it becomes like second nature, I've always been under the belief that you could be talented at something, but if you don't grind at it, someone that's not talented but grinds at it more than you will eventually out outdo you. So that's how I do everything. Uh, I either I'm all in, or I'm not doing it at all if that doesn't interest me. But once I'm on it, I will. I, there's no stopping. There's no quitting. I grind until I know that uh, I've gotten to where I want. And that's just a way to prove to myself that uh, I succeeded versus letting myself fail, if that makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Is it tough to, I guess, turn away from other potential good ideas? Let's say, uh, like in my example, I pick real estate, I'm focusing on real estate, and then I see some... You who on Reddit just made $50 million in a month because of, you know, some strategy that he was pursuing. It's like, hey, like, I've been keeping track of this this set of uh, parameters, and I noticed something. I'm going to put a bunch of money into it, and I, I know it's going to work out. It's just a matter of time. And it did. And so I'm um, thinking. Yeah, it's such a simple strategy. Uh, why... You know, why am I, like, playing away at real estate, uh, making, like, not even a fraction of that, um, where this guy is pretty much retired for life that, you know, however old he is um, doing what on paper seems to be a trivial amount of work. I, I, I often um, question myself. I still just stay focused on real estate, but I often question, man, should I pivot or should I, should I have pivoted earlier? Do you ever run into that?
1: Um, I can't say that I do. And the reason for that is, like I said at the beginning of it, um, it, it's always the same for me. The first step always has to be something that interests me. If it's something that, hey, you know, so and so could do much better, whatever, financially or, you know, personally, if it's something, I'll look into it, right? I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll just like anybody else, it'll pique my interest and I'll be like, hey, well, I wonder what that's about. But if, you know, just like with the people, you know, if I pick up on the cues and I, within the first, you know, couple of minutes it's not something that uh, it interests me and I go, oh, man, this is this is something that is really, really interesting. I would love to basically soup to nuts, know everything about it. It won't bother me, that, that person. That's their thing, right? That's their niche. That's what – They are drawn to. If I'm not drawn to it, then I don't get my mindset ready and and focused in the right direction to be able to do the next step, which is the grinding part,
0: right? Mm. Because
1: even though I'm drawn to something, or just like everybody else, you could be drawn to several different things. That doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. So now you're drawn to it, you start doing it, but if you're not good at it, what's you know odds are you're not going to be good at it because you've never you've never experienced it before you've never done it before you're you're a rookie. Now you have to figure out a way how to get good at it and the way that I know how to get good at anything is by grinding and by sticking with it for long enough until you become an expert
0: mm-hmm. well
1: if I'm not interested in it, why will I stick with something and and waste essentially in my mind so much time grinding at something that i don't i don't I don't find you know appealing
0: or drawn to. That makes sense. Yeah, I... Okay, yeah. I I can start looking at it like that. It's like, man, if I don't want to... If I'm going to jump jump ship and try something new, am I willing to grind at it? And at this point, I think, <laughs> as I've tried it so long with real estate, it just doesn't make sense for me to switch to anything else. Um, unless it was, you know, real estate related. Um, yeah, it, it would kind of be like throwing away all these years. <laughs> Exactly. i we switch to something else.
1: Ultimately, the, the one question that I, like, it's not a question. It's a matter of, you know, looking at the pros and cons. You have to answer this, this question, but it's not a question again. It's what are you willing to sacrifice? If you're willing to sacrifice your time and energy you spent in um, real estate, which is what you now know and you're good at, to do something else, and if you can answer that with a yes, then by all means, go and do it. But if you're not, and in my case, it's a little easier to make that decision right, you know, up front, it's not about how much time I've spent. It's about is it appealing or is it something that interests me? Because if it is something that interests me, I'm not going to have time for, for, you know, more than likely, I'm not going to have time to do both. I'm going to be so immersed in the one thing that I'm drawn to now that the other one's going to basically be on the back burner and may not get any more attention. And it may be a very long time before I go back to it. And it's just, you know, it has to be something that I am drawn to more so than what I'm already drawn to and I've spent quite a significant amount of time on. I
0: agree. I agree. See, next question is: When did you know? Yeah, it brings us right into the next question. When did you know that you had something going on, something good going on, or like you had, you had found the right path? I, I should say.
1: So this also has, like you said, it, it goes back to the previous question. Uh, for me, it's it's not so much um, knowing; it's it's um, it's you know, anytime things that. Seem to come together on their own without me putting too much effort into them, and then it, it, they tie into each other, then you know you've done something or you've you've been at it long enough or searched deep enough where now things are popping up without you having to go looking for them so essentially what what if I were to try to explain it is you realize that you 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 must be doing something right. So you're validating that you were in the dark to begin with. You spend enough time doing whatever it is that you're doing that now your brain automatically starts to make connections without even you trying to now dig deeper. Now your brain is telling you, hey, you're doing something right. You're on the right path. And that's usually for me when I start to see things take off and they take off exponentially. So, You'll you'll go from, you know, having a little bit of information and having a little bit of um, uh, success to now all of a sudden information is coming from everywhere and you're able to sort through it much faster and you're realizing that you're good at, you know, segregating things and you're good at picking up the things that you need that are of value in that information and things that you just completely can ignore. That is, you know that is the point where you realize, hey, I'm good at this because I'm no longer, you know, hanging on to every word on every page or every, um, whatever, you know, YouTube video or whatever every person says. I am now able to decipher what they're saying and just pick out the valuable information and disregard the rest so I can move on to, you know, getting closer to my goal. That's how you know you you become good for me.
0: Okay. When you figured out, Um, I guess how to like gain inferences or were you able to pick up on things without tripping over them where you just kind of get like a natural intuition about what the information you're you're accepting?
1: Yeah. So it becomes becomes, uh, essentially second nature where like a light bulb goes off in your head. It's like, hey, I've heard of this before, but I didn't know what it meant. Now I'm hearing it again. And based on all the information that I've accumulated up until this point, this new concept, even though I haven't, you know, I haven't really studied it much, it it, it makes absolute sense because it, now I'm making the connections where I don't need to go into the, 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 the you know, the uh, the details of this new concept because all the previous information that I've learned tie into this new concept and it makes sense, whereas before it didn't. And so I have to dig and keep finding stuff. And while you're digging, you're finding a lot of useless information. Now it's like, okay, this information and that information fit right into this new concept that I couldn't understand up until now. Now I get it. I don't need to go dig into this concept like I did in the previous ones and find, you know, a bunch of useless information on top of good information. I can now immediately move on to the next concept that I don't understand and see if I can gather connections from something I've learned in the past to make this additional concept make sense to me. And that's where, like I said, it exponentially gets faster and faster because you're making connections without even realizing it. And it's like a light bulb going on. You, you, Something you didn't know, now you know, and it's without any effort because your brain makes the connections for you.
0: Yeah, I noticed when um, sometimes I'll pick up a real estate book or even a podcast. I'm not a huge fan of podcasts now because uh, I very often run into a point where it's like, this is not worth my time or like, man, I already learned this or uh, what's what's happening a lot more now. I don't know what's what's hap- what is contributing to this, but I'll listen to a podcast or a YouTube video and I'll go, that's wrong, and like I don't need to double check it. I just I know it's wrong. I don't know where they got their information for. I don't have time to like, you know, become an internet warrior to <laughs> to, to stake my claim. But like, all right, maybe I should just you know go back to what I was doing and just keep keep grinding, keep focusing, and keep working on uh, whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, yeah. I think that's that's probably when I decided like, yeah, I'm definitely going to just stick with real estate. And and my what
1: girlfriend. you just said right now is the exact. Same thing I was saying, but you're it's a, a different way about it. Like you said, you hear somebody say something that you've already made connections to and you already know what it is. Someone else throws another piece of information at you about it, and because now your brain has done enough digging and enough time has gone by, you realize, hey, that's not right. But it's not worth your time trying to go deeper into understanding it further to see if it is or it isn't right. Your Mm -hmm. brain has already made that decision for you instantaneously, and that uh, allows you to now move forward and learn something new because you're not debilitated by the concept that you just heard and trying to see if it's, um, you know, something you want to do more of.
0: Mm -hmm. Is there uh, an element of your company? Well, it's about your company, so. uh... Oh, no, I I skipped one. I skipped one. So let me <laughs> – tell me about your biggest deal that you've done, biggest real estate deal you've done.
1: So there's only one uh, if we're talking mm-hmm. about real estate, and it's the one that's about to happen. Um, it's the condo that I um, purchased. It was my first home that I purchased with my wife when we were in our early 20s. And essentially what we did is we paid – we got it with an FHA loan, and we paid uh bare minimum, I think it was uh something like three thousand dollars or thirty five hundred, something like that. And you know, fast forward what is it, um maybe ten years now, eleven years, I am looking at anywhere between forty to fifty thousand dollars that I'm gonna be walking away from this deal. And to me, that's the biggest deal I've done because everything else I've done has been, you know, through working a regular job, nine to five or more, and basically getting a paycheck and saving it and basically little by little accumulating more money. Here it was, you know, putting down as little as possible and walking away with a significant amount of, you know, return on investment and not doing much other than wait for time to go by and the property to appreciate. And and basically my return of investment uh, divided by the amount of time I've spent doing actual work is just the best ratio I could possibly think of. And it's the biggest deal bar none so far or is going to be the biggest deal. I hope it. I could do it again and again and again. But as of right now, it's absolutely the biggest one.
0: No, I mean, uh, you said you only did one, but a lot of uh, a, a lot of the listeners and uh, people watching the channel have actually uh, not yet done a deal, and so that's it's super inspiring to know that you don't have to do these crazy like hard money flips. And <laughs> you know, everyone like, gets hyped about like the burst strategy or like flipping stuff, um, but you can literally just. You know, save enough money from your W-2 job, uh, purchase a property, three and a half percent down. It doesn't have to be a big property. You have to know like what to look for, right area, right type of place. Um, just buy and then wait, and then sell it. <laughs> it's, it's super simple. It's super slow, but it's very repeatable. It's uh, relatively easy to do, and it works. It's just it, it's not a get rich fast game, but it's a get rich. Um, slow get rich assuredly game. Would you say yeah.
1: that? Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Michael. And and I'll go a step even further. You don't necessarily need to know a a good deal either. You don't necessarily need to know um um you know anything about real estate investing. Um I feel like the two biggest um, reasons why people don't do this are one, they think that they need to find a good deal when in reality you don't. There are real estate agents that can do that for you. I mean, for us, when this was our first property, we didn't know anything. We had no idea. And we looked at, you know, dozens of places and we had our realtor help us. She, she saw the place and she said, hey, I think this place has potential. And that was it. That's all they needed. And then the second one is a lot of people think you need money or that, you know, if you do it and you, you mess up, you, uh, you're you going to get in trouble. And the reality is that's not true. And just like you said, if you're willing to stick with it and, you know, let time do its thing and you have that initial good deal that a uh, real estate could find you, if you sit on it, even if it, um, you know, it doesn't have a great cash flow because ours d- didn't. I think we were coming out maybe like $60 a month. In the in the positive, which is terrible for a cash flow, <laughs> <laughs> absolute terrible. But ten years later, we went from an investment of three thousand five hundred dollars to fifty thousand dollars, and we didn't do anything. We didn't pick the place, other than once the realtor said, "Hey, this is a good place." We saw it and we're like, "Yeah, it, it looks decent. We could live here," and and so we don't have to pay rent because mortgage was cheaper. That was the the main incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten years, 11 years later, it went from 3500 to 50000 and we didn't do a single thing other than sit on it, like you said. But the biggest <laughs> hurdle was doing it because the mentality is, oh, my goodness, now it's a mortgage as opposed to rent. I can't just walk away whenever I want, and that terrifies people. And if you can get over that, and no matter what mistake you make up front, if you can get over that and you just stay in the property – Five, ten years down the road, it will it will fix itself. Is the biggest thing that I could tell people because that that freezes up a lot of people. Ninety percent of people won't do it because of those two main reasons.
0: Hmm. I uh, I'll hold you to it. So I'm at year four of my condo in Hawaii that's been negative cash flow because I thought it would just go up, and uh, so far I've uh, yeah, it's appreciated zero. It's gone through, like, ups and downs, but, like, at end of year four, uh, which is coming up next month, I bought it in 17. Yeah, uh, yeah nothing. <laughs> nothing and or I guess I've lost money because it takes uh, some fees to actually unload it, right, well, even as a realtor.
1: You can look at it that way, but here's the other thing. Think about it from, from the from the aspect that I said, the, the the second reason why people don't do it. They think that you're locked into it and you're, you know, you can't walk away from it. That mm. shouldn't be a con. That should be a pro because, like you said, even if it doesn't appreciate a single dollar, right, mm. you, it stays the exact same, and now you're getting negative cash flow. The fact that you're paying it off in 10 years just by making the payments alone, mm. you're still making more money than if you were to rent. Rent, it's basically once you pay it, that month it's gone month after month, year after year. Here you're paying into something that even if it doesn't appreciate a single dollar, you've now paid off the the, the loan or paid a significant amount of it off if you stay in it for ten years, and mm-hmm. that is equity that now when you sell it, you will get some of that money back. You cannot do that when you're a renter so i there, i don't I don't see why it's it's not it's a win win situation no matter how you slice it.
0: Okay, i a good way to look at it. That, okay, that makes you feel a little bit better.
1: <laughs> you, you'll be fine. I mean, I'm All telling right. you, if you stay in there for, you know, five more years or keep it for another five years, it, it, it's bound to, to, to outweigh the cons. It's bound to, to make you some sort of profit.
0: So let's see, next one. Uh, is there an element of what your company does that helps the environment? Did you did you did he, did he, did he to answer that one? I don't even know if I like that question.
1: I I did answer it. Um, right now I wouldn't say there that there um if it, if there was anything that I would say, and this is something very small, but I'm very big into you know energy saving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would say one of the things that I could just think of based on what I did with my condo, not necessarily what I would do going forward, because I'm sure as you buy more properties there's going to be more opportunities just like everything else but Mm -hmm. with my property i i immediately started looking for ways to save because it was coming directly out of my pocket save on things around the house so for example i switched everything in the house to led light bulbs which it was to save money right for myself but in turn that also that also helped the environment because you're drawing less electricity and uh, you know, um, light bulbs that are made traditionally are, you know, glass, and uh, the uh, LED light bulbs are, for the most part, plastic. Mm-hmm. So, in that, in itself, right there, that's one little thing that, you know, helps the environment. You don't consume, you know, you're not consuming as much, therefore, you don't, you know, you're not, um, you know, being an a, a overly aggressive consumer. And, you're saving on the reduction of, you know, throwing away, um, um, you know, material that otherwise could be used for something else.
0: Yeah, it seems small, but, I mean, if all, what, 330, 350 million people in the U.S. do that, it it does have a huge impact.
1: Yeah, and and on the apartment, I think if I were to guess, I would say it's maybe, maybe... Anywhere between five to ten light bulbs, right, in the whole entire unit.
0: Between everything.
1: There's a microwave, everything, right? Everything. Uh, take that to my house now, and I could easily tell you this because I've installed them everywhere. The house is a little older, and we didn't have uh, light bulbs everywhere. Everything was, you know, where you plug in a, a lamp into the outlet, and then you have a switch, and when you turn the switch on, it goes from the light, from the uh, outlet to the, the lamp. So I installed LEDs everywhere, you know, recessed lights. I think I have over 50. So oh. just from one house to the next, I've, you know, 10 times more energy savings just from that. Hmm. And I'm going to continue to do that with all the places that I own, right? Because it's going to help me save money, but it's also going to have an impact on the environment. And little by little, like you said, it adds up.
0: Does that up what are you uh what are you working on now other than the sale of your property uh i know that probably takes up a lot of your time but like what are you working on other than that
1: um so just like we mentioned back with the with the question about um development and do you shift focus right now i am 100% invested in real estate i am not i i'm sometimes even skipping meals because I'm in the middle of something. (laughs) But I could go on for the next maybe 15 minutes, a list of things that I'm in, but just Mm -hmm. to keep it more broad, I'm on several things. For example, I'm in the middle of creating my LLC. Uh, I'm working with a few lenders. on getting pre-approval letters to see how much money I can raise if I can't find a private investor.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I'm also in the middle of selling the condo, as I mentioned so I can raise capital that way so I can keep my options open. And then I'm also working on, you know, getting private loans if I'm not able to, you know, get enough capital to fund the deals for the next deal myself. Hmm. And I'm reading tons of books. I'm reading, you know, the Burr Method book. I'm reading, you know, uh, books on um, um, uh, real estate tax, how to, uh, you know, uh reduce the, the, the tax that I, I would have to pay once I start purchasing, you know, more properties. Uh I'm also reading books on uh documents like uh you know lease agreements and uh you know contracts for uh like I like I mentioned to you earlier before we had the recording conversation, um How do you you come up with a lease that is appealing to a tenant if you want a tenant to be in your apartment for more than 12 months, right? You know, several years. How do you structure a lease like that to to incentivize a tenant to want to be in your property longer, therefore reducing your vacancy rate, therefore, you know, ensuring that now you don't spend money advertising, you don't spend money, you know, if you need to, you know, stage the place. So I'm essentially immersing myself in every aspect of how i can make this business as efficient as possible and it may sound like oh that is amazing and cool but in a way it's a curse because i'll be up at night and another idea will come up in my mind and my engineering brain that i have it will be like ooh what if i look at (laughs) this from this angle has anybody thought of that and then I'll be searching and Googling and YouTubing things, and I'll be frustrated because there aren't many people that are doing this. And it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to get through this? Like that idea now is in my head, but I don't have a way of knowing how I'm going to, you know, go from, from from A to Z to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, like I said, a million things, but just those, those few, you know, five, four or five things I listed are the big ones. Everything else is like a subcategory of those.
0: Okay. No, it's tough, especially, like, um, once you know that something, like, once you, like, know you're on the right track, it's tough to, like, just kind of sit down yeah. and focus on, like, the one thing. There's actually a book I keep getting recommended called The One Thing, and I'm Better. sure The One Thing, if I do it, I could probably get the name of it for you. Okay. But um, it's designed to tell you, I, I assume, uh, from what I've been told, what to focus on. Let me look at that thing, book, and I think it was a white background. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, and what's cool, uh, maybe this will save you some time, is on Audible, there's a there's a summary for four books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll just uh, yeah, maybe it'll save you some time. Uh, a website I really like is uh, Blinkist. And Blinkist is, a, I think it's just a book summary website. I think they're mostly audiobooks. But okay. um, it's awesome. It's definitely, def- definitely one of my favorite websites.
1: I'll definitely look into it.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Could never learn enough.
0: and That'll help you learn faster. <laughs> that,
1: that's good, too. Learning enough or learning more in a more
0: efficient way. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, there's always something new with this camera. I think I need to work on my... Uh, my workflow. That's fine. The battery died. <laughs> That's okay. I've got a spare battery. It's doing okay. I mean, maybe I can get, like, a battery or something, so it just, like, hooks up to uh, AC power. Let's see. Is this battery charged? All right. Back in action. There we go. Cool. All right. Uh, so... I'll probably edit this part out because where do you best provide value seems to be analogous to what comes naturally to you. Did you have two separate answers?
1: I did. Um, and okay. And this, um, for me, is a little different. Uh, and, and, I mean, it will, it will be different for everybody, right? Every person has a different value that they bring. But for me, I was lucky enough if I can put it this way, but um, in real estate, uh, I'm usually pretty good at having a vision. I've only done two, but going through a lot of places to look at to buy when we went with our realtor, a lot of the times, if not you know 90 plus percent of the time, we saw eye to eye on properties because I was able to have a vision of what the project of that particular property would look like well before we even began working on it. And I credit this to the fact that my dad um, works in construction, and I've been around constructions my whole life. And I've seen, you know, properties that were, you know, anything from buying a lot to, you know, putting in a multimillion-dollar home on that lot to properties that were bought that were you know completely neglected for many years, to rehabbing them to where they are you know livable and and able for someone to call a home again. Mm-hmm. And I saw that working with my dad hand in hand. My dad's a, a, a plumber, and uh, usually the way that most construction trades work is you go in at the beginning of the project with uh, you know a, a, a scope of the goal of what you're trying to do. And just like electricians, just like, you know, carpenters, they start off with, you know, the, the basics. So with plumbing, you start off with the, you know, the, the sewers. With electrical, you start off with the uh, electrical panels or the electrical coming into the house. Carpenters with the frame. So it all starts at the beginning of the project, and you work your way through it as every dep- different department makes a progress. So for me, I'm able to kind of like in my mind – See the project work itself from nothing to where it would potentially be without even doing anything, because I know w- how it how it goes. I know how the electrical goes. I know how the uh, plumbing goes. I know how you know the 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 frame goes. So I, I'm able to see what needs to happen in order for the project to be you know successful. And then I'm also you know able to. I've kept in touch with a lot of the people that I've worked with while working with my dad. So even if I'm not a hundred percent sure, I can just call up and describe to them in enough detail what my vision is, where they can tell me, yeah, that's doable. And you're, yep, you're in the ballpark. Or they can come back and say, no, you, you, you don't want to do that. You know, that's not a good idea. So then I'm able to look at a deal or look at a property and say, I know where this property can be. I know that it, it's doable. Now, does it make sense, for You know, on paper, do the numbers work out to, to 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 move forward? Where a lot of people don't have that luxury, so I think that's probably the best value
0: that I can provide. Okay. Yeah, we could use somebody like you on the team. It's always uh, <laughs> it's always good to have someone who can see something different.
1: Great. I I'll be more than willing to help anybody. Like I said, to me, if I can help somebody. Reach their goals and 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 get the the same feeling that I get when I reach my goals. That's a win in my book. Let's
0: see. Our next question is: uh, How can I? Maybe real you know, Mike. How can Mike uh, provide value to you?
1: Um, I think we kind of, we kind of touched up on that a little bit earlier, not quite. But remember when I mentioned that um, because you live in a warmer climate and I live in a colder climate, so like for eight months out of the year here, it's pretty cold, and for you it's the opposite. I really think that if I were to go, you know, and scale up, just because mm-hmm. of the, the vast land that we are on in, in the U.S., it's it's kind of broken into, you know, north and south, Right. So the northern part of it, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm getting a good understanding by reading and reaching out to people about, you know, what the cycles are and, mm-hmm. you know, what to do in, in colder climates and how to rehab a house and what to look for and what your costs are going to be, your major costs, and what your major savings are going to be, whereas you are in a warmer climate, and I'm sure a lot of it is in reverse, but... Mm-hmm. If I were to start investing further south, you would be able to provide me with, you know, invaluable uh, information as to, hey, you need to look out for this, that, and the other thing because um, this is what goes on in a warmer climate, right? You don't need to worry about, you know, for example, um, for us, things freezing up, pipes. So, insulation may not be where you want to spend a lot of your money on or, you know... um, rusting things where you know your whatever is metal in the house will begin to rust because we you know use quite a bit of salt and the the you know the temperatures varying up and down will make metals rust much much sooner up here than down there for you guys mm-hmm. and so you could tell me you know on, on your side you could come back and say hey you may want to watch out for termites down here because that's our number one problem So that, to me, would be invaluable, right, before I even start a project to know, hey, Alex, you're in a part of the the country where, you know, uh, six months out of the year, uh, you know,
0: we have rain.
1: And you may want to have a really good sewer system because otherwise you're going to get back flooded. And you're going to end up paying through the nose for the repairs because water damages anything it touches. That type of stuff would be, to me, you know, super valuable to learn from you. Okay. Or even something as simple as when should you buy when the cycle in the in the area when should when is a good time to purchase homes versus when it, when is the cycle to sell homes because I don't want to go buy a home that's a good deal if it's you know in the wrong cycle period and it's you know fifteen percent more expensive than I could get it six months later.
0: No, no, I would never say wait for a good deal because of the cycle. Um, okay. Yeah, never. <laughs> Never do that because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you might wait um, six months and then, you know, rates go up, you know, two basis points or something crazy. Like, you never – we really don't know what's going to happen other than um, interest rates will probably not get any lower. Yeah. Um, And if it's a deal, it's a deal. I mean, like, you pay 50% extra, but you wouldn't live – that close to the edge when you're investing with other people's money. So I wouldn't do it with yours either. Um, just okay. make sure there's enough meat on the bone, enough uh, margins in the deal yeah, for you to be okay doing, you know, like okay, maybe I paid 50% extra than I would have if I would have waited, but I got the deal anyway and my cash on cash return is still 30%. Um, that's the position you want to be in.
1: Yeah. And that's that's that that that's absolutely true. If you find a really good deal, it doesn't matter when it is. I always like to, like I said, my engineering mind is always like, how efficient can I be about it? I would try to schedule my project so that the completion date and the selling of the property is in prime time. So then that way I could get rid of it as fast as possible, at the best part price as possible. Instead of having to, you know, pay the expenses an extra month because it's not the right time, and now I'm, you know, waiting on a buyer because there's far and few between, right?
0: Okay, I can see that. Don't try to sell around Christmas. Um, that's probably the worst time in most cases. Okay. Um, just like during the holidays. During the holidays is not a good time to sell a home. Um, you still can. It happens. Everyone's situation is different. There's definitely going to be somebody in the market, um, but typically it's. It's around wintertime. Uh, is probably not a good time. You know, people don't want to leave the house if they don't have to. Uh, <laughs> it's cold, um, so yeah. Generally, around wintertime is not a good time to sell.
1: And it seems like uh, around that time, everybody's buying cars because all the car commercials are on TV. Yeah.
0: What's what does Lexus do the December to Remember event? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a there's a I think it's Saturday Night Live we did a skit on that. Um, it's like there are very few people that are in a position to surprise their wife with a $50,000 brand-new car. <laughs> um, those are like not the kind of surprises that you want.
1: <laughs> hey, honey, I've uh, spent our life savings on a new car. How do you like it?
0: She was mortified, and I think she was like sleeping with a neighbor or something. That was how a skit <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: going to have to look at that cause I'm pretty sure it's going to be super funny.
0: Yeah, December to remember SML? Yeah, there it is. I love Google. We don't even have to spell. I didn't spell any of that correctly. <laughs> they knew what you meant. Yeah, it, it feels me. Um, lastly, uh, what this is your superpower?
1: Is, um, I don't know if it's a superpower, and uh, I think it's a superpower that everybody has, but not a lot of people use. If I. Uh, I shouldn't even say that because there might be people that do use it. They just don't talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. It's the ability to um, let your gut dictate your actions instead of your emotions. Like I, I've never been in a situation where I thought it was a good deal or it was a, it sounded like a good idea, and then there was something just not quite right. I mean, it felt great, but then my gut was like, hmm, you know, there was that one bit of, you know, hesitation. And mm-hmm. I've always, and I mean this 100% of the time, I've always found that where if I listen to my gut, no matter how good it is, some time later I will come to realize that it was ultimately the right decision. Even if at the time it was everything that I knew, so all the information that I was presented with sounded like a good good idea, and it would have been a smart decision. If I listened to my gut, it, it has always come back to me to say, hey, at the time it was a good idea, and it, it, it was, you know, with the information you had, but at this time you would have regretted it. So listening to your gut over any emotion, I would say, is my superpower, and I'm able to do that. Like I will I will be super upset, like I'll see something that I want. It, it doesn't necessarily go for you know, the real estate, it will be some sale or something about something that I've all wanted, and I've, you know, been waiting to get it for months. And then I'll go in, and I'll be like, yep, it's 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 priced right, it's, it, it's exactly what I want, all I got to do is get it, you know, buy it. And then my gut will say, not so fast. I can't explain it, I can't tell you why, but don't do it. And I'll be like, come on, I, there's no reason, there's no, just, just do it. And then I'll be upset with myself, and then I'll be like, you know what? If it's such a good deal, it'll be, it'll be here tomorrow again. So then I'll, I'll sleep on it. And that the more I give it time, and the more I, you know, calm myself down and let my gut instinct take over, sooner or later I come to find out that, hey, you know, yeah, it was a good deal, it was on sale, but, you know, now you look at reviews and people are like, oh, this, you know, let's say it was a shoe. Oh yeah, this shoe, three months into it, it starts to break into pieces, and you can't explain it because it's like, how would your gut know that that fact that in a, in a you know three months from now this shoe would be you know uh, a piece of garbage that won't last? You you wouldn't at the time it would be irrational to to, to think that you knew that ahead of time. But sure enough, you you look at it and you find ways to justify your gut, and and it, it ends up saving you. For me, it saved me money, time, uh, you know, he- headaches, heartaches, a lot of a lot of things.
0: Hmm.
1: And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people use their emotions, and they go, "Well, in that in that scenario, there's no way that you know you would know that the shoe would break in a few months." So you would say, it's the right deal. It's the right time. I'm going to get it. It's going to make me happy. And it would. But then, you know, in two months, you would you would look back and you would still not feel bad about it because you said, hey, it was a good price. Uh, I I, I felt good about it. I, I was happy. I'm happy with them. They broke, but, hey, I wouldn't have been able to know that at that time. So mm-hmm. you've taken your emotions, control your gut, and you ended up losing because now you got to buy another one. Not that it's it <laughs> <accepts> upset you, <laughs> right? But it's, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I say follow your gut. When in doubt, any hesitation, if you have to think about it, even for a split second, your gut is telling you something that you don't know and don't need to explain it or understand it. Just trust me when I say you'll find out later on that your gut was always right.
0: Okay. That's a good, that's an interesting way to think about it. I always try to, I guess, suspend the uh, the strength of my gut instincts. Uh, for Mm -hmm. example, I'm thinking, uh, it's usually with like retail therapy, man, I really just want to go and like spend money on something stupid, like something that I want, but like something I definitely, definitely don't need. Mm -hmm. Like the gut is telling me to do it. (laughs) So uh, I have to like go back and think about like, you know what, or, you know, maybe it's not my gut. Maybe my gut instinct is I shouldn't do it, but there's something else that's going on that's telling me to do it. How do you know if, if it's your gut?
1: Um, so, so you said, what is the, the superpower Um, Mm
0: -hmm. before
1: I, so the superpower is ultimately, you know, the deciding factor, but prior to going and, you know, pulling the, you know, the ace out of my sleeve and and using the superpower, I usually have another question that I ask myself, and this will probably help you more than, than the gut. Because if you haven't practiced the gut thing, this first step will eliminate a lot of things before you even get to the gut part. I always go into anything, and no matter what it is, if it's something that I want and it's not something that I need. So it only applies to things that I want, right? Like if I want a new pair of shoes, I don't need a new pair of shoes, right? Go back to that example. Okay, do you want it or do you need it? I want it. Okay. The next question that I always ask myself is: Okay, does the deal that you see now help you? Uh, well, give me one second, man. Oh, one, one more second. I'm almost done. Okay, I'm coming. Yeah, my wife's like uh, coming and saying that the the kids uh, are driving her nuts. So she's she's okay. happy to go help her. But we'll finish this check, out check me up. <laughs> we'll talk we'll talk more, Michael. Um okay. the the question that I asked myself back to what I was saying is, do I want it? And if the answer is yes, I want it. Okay. You don't need it, you want it. Um I asked myself, what's the price? So let's say it's, you know, twenty five dollars. Are you willing to pay the price two times over for whatever it is? Can you afford the price two times over? Mm-hmm. And not you know, and not be, um, you know, not bother you. If the answer is no, you don't need to move on to the superpower portion, to the gut. So a lot of I times I find myself, I'll go in and I'll be like, oh, my God, those shoes are amazing. They're, you know,
0: $75. They used to
1: be 150 What a great deal, you know, 50% off. Um, what do I do? Uh, do I want it? Yes, I want it. Can I afford to pay 150 for it? No. So then, I, immediately right there, you know, I'm done because I'm not willing to pay twice for it.
0: I like that. I actually uh, I started doing a thing where if I'm going to buy something I don't need, like groceries or skincare or something, um, I take an equal amount of money and I put it into my Schwab account, and so just into my uh, my index fund. So. Okay decided like oh okay maybe um i do maybe i can afford this like expensive jacket but would i really feel comfortable putting the money into you know a shop account well Mm -hmm. no but it it means that i still did it but you know i I buy the jacket and then I, i feel a little bit better about it because i've also invested a similar amount of money or an identical amount of money into um into something that is benefit. That's that's an appreciating asset versus you know like a, a jacket or a pair yeah. of shoes.
1: Yeah. And it's 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 another way to look at it. Exactly. It's um, whenever you deal with things you want, you have to justify the price, and that's why I asked that question.
0: If you need it,
1: the the, the price is irrelevant, right? It's a need. But mm-hmm. if it's a want, you have to go through the the steps of why you're getting it and is is it worth it?
0: Hundred percent. Cool. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for the interview. No, oh. any anytime,
1: Michael. Uh, anything I could do, like I said, to help and reach out other people and, and and you know give them any little insight that they can get on what other people are doing or going through to get to where they want. I, I, it's, like I said, it's a win in my book.
0: Awesome. And then um, yeah, I'll let you uh, tag out and give back to the kids. <laughs>
1: All right. Um, let me know when 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 you want to schedule another conversation. Um, okay. I want to pick your brain a little more on the syndication part. I'm definitely going to get the book, and once I read a little bit more, I'll I'll, I'll pick your brain too.
0: So yeah, I can't wait.
1: All right, Michael. And then I'll All talk right. to my buddy again, see if he's interested in doing a syndication.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear from him.
1: All right, Matt. I'll uh, All right. I'll let you go. Uh, you're like, what, two hours uh, behind me? It's already 6 o'clock for me here, almost.
0: Oh, yeah. It's uh, 3.42, <laughs> so I'm okay. Oh, got of time. You got time. <laughs> so, all right. Talk to you now.
1: All right, Michael. Have a good one. See ya.
0: You too. You too. Thank you Bye. again.
1: Bye. No problem. Bye.